<laughs> anyway, welcome to episode four of Tot Talks. I am Shoe Lover 99, aka Ophelia. We have Alyssa and Rissa here with us, and we're going to talk about something really, really, really important today. And the reason we decided we wanted to talk about this was because last week on social media, I seen a video just scrolling through and it was a it was a man who unfortunately his wife passed away because she had lost her battle to postpartum depression and that just about knocked me out i simply could not imagine i i don't want to imagine it i i am praying for him i'm thinking of him i just my my heart just goes out to him and it got me thinking though it does need to be spoke about or spoken about. Y'all know I don't have no education. Um, a lot more than what it is now. Yeah. Okay, because let me say this. I, at least in the past two years, I've seen or heard nothing about postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it on the news. I haven't seen it on social media. I haven't seen it anywhere. And mm-hmm. that, that's that's not right. I know me personally, I did not suffer from that with my first three babies. I had it with baby number four, and I want to talk about my experience. And Rissa, I know that you had a similar experience with postpartum depression. And I think if the both of us talk about what we went through, there just might be somebody right now listening to this that is starting to recognize that something just ain't right. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's just important. So I, I want to talk about, we've got lots of things coming up. I'm really, really excited about, um, you know, with the episodes coming out. So we, we've got lots of funny things and then we've got some depressive things. I'm sorry. We got to get depressed every once in a while. But I feel like when we talk about these things, it just really makes a difference in other people's worlds. Most definitely. Oh, yeah, it definitely does. So, OK, well, let me let me just start because I really want to jump into this because I've just been thinking about it Uh-oh. all day. And this is this is my story. It may not be everybody else's. Again, I think it affects different people in different ways. Well, so I had baby number three, July 14, 2002. Okay. And within three months, I had found out I was four weeks pregnant with baby number four. I know. I can't believe it. I'm I'm an idiot. I should have just I don't know. Like, I, I just couldn't believe it myself. I was scared to, like, tell people in the family. I was like, what are they going to think of me? Like, I just can't keep my husband off of me or something. Technically, that was right. But, by <laughs> the point. So, I, I think I was in shock for the first seven days after I found out about this. Because, I mean, come on, really? Three months after you've had a baby and you're getting pregnant again? Like, so, I found out baby number four was coming. And everybody in the family was basically shocked. Okay. I did not have good pregnancies with all three of them. Matter of fact, uh, all three of my children were born early. Okay. Uh, very early. Like, let's see, Gib was born 29 weeks. Uh, Beige was born 32 weeks. Uh, Colin was born 31 weeks. 
uh, and then Randon, actually Randon was not born that early. He was only born at maybe 35 weeks. So that's kind of normal. I know they want you to go to 40, but sometimes you can't. And the reason for that is because I got diagnosed when I was 16 with chronic hypertension. Mm. So that just made it worse with preeclampsia and toxemia each time I got pregnant. And the only way to cure the mama of that is, of course, to induce labor or sometimes a C-section. Unfortunately, I did not have to do a C-section. Uh, I was able to be induced and had an okay delivery, except for with Gibson, the delivery was not okay, and I did have to end up being in the hospital about a week and a half. We were both very, very sick, uh, but that's a whole nother story. Anyway, back on baby number four. Here we go. Okay, so we find out we're pregnant with him, and you know, everything is going fine. And then I, you know, I get through the pregnancy at like 35 weeks and then I have him. The first one or two days I had him, everything was fine. I didn't notice any kind of anything going on. You know, I was holding my baby. I was feeding my baby, uh, doing everything that, you know, a mama wants to do after she just, you know, gives birth to this wonderful creature. Well, after about I would say about 14 days, 14 days, I started noticing that I was just crying all the time. And I mean, from the second I woke up in the morning, which was whatever time until I went to sleep every night, I was crying. Then it moved on to, I didn't want to hold the baby. I didn't want to console the baby when he was crying. You know, I wanted other people to feed him. I just wanted to lay in the bed. I didn't want to do anything. Then my son Gibson started kindergarten. Well, I would get up every morning, pack all those four kids in the car just to go take him down the road to go take him to kindergarten. And the second I got back and pulled in my driveway, it was like clockwork. I immediately started crying. And then I would go and I would get in the shower to try to make myself feel better. And I would start crying even more. Well, my which was also a friend of my husband at the time, he suffered from depression for many, many, many years. He's, he was a vet. He was a veteran. And he got hurt in the Navy. And had really just dealt with depression solely after that. So when he was coming over to the house to see us and visit the baby and do things like that, he started to recognize in me what he had seen in himself oh so many times. Okay. And one morning I had just pulled in the driveway after taking Gibson to school and I got in the shower and then I got out and there was a knock on the door and it was him. And he was actually there to, to leave some tools there for my, my husband at the time. And when he seen me, he said it was just a look of just pure horror. He said, he later told me this. He told me that he felt like if he would have left me in that house that day, he don't know if he would have ever seen me again. So what he did was he sat me down on, this is my husband's friend, y'all. This is my friend, still a good friend of mine today. He sat me down on the couch and he said, I love you. I love you, these kids. I love Randy, but something is really going on and I'm making you a doctor's appointment today and you're going to see somebody. And he did. He made the doctor's appointment for me. 
He drove me to the doctor, sat in my minivan with my kids while I was in there so that I can figure out, you know, what was going on and what to do. Well, I left out of there with medication. I think they put me, I want to say they put me on 50 milligrams of Zoloft, I think. Um, and after, I would say after about two weeks, I started to feel better. I started to feel like my myself. Matter of fact, I think I felt better than I had ever felt in, in a long, long time getting on that Zoloft. And I've seen a huge difference. And I think I stayed on it. I, I know a good six months. And then I started to wean myself off of it with the doctor, you know, monitoring me. And after about 18 months, I was completely off of it. But I didn't, I never had any feelings of harming myself or harming my child. Uh, let me say that. And if I did, I, I would, I would say so right now. Okay. But I didn't, I just felt so sad and so worthless and so alone you know as a stay-at-home mom with these four kids my husband was the breadwinner he was the provider so he woke up every day went to work and came home super late at night I did everything by myself and I didn't weigh but like 99 pounds literally 99 pounds because I wasn't eating I was constantly stressed out I was taking four babies I mean, there's only so much one little person can do. My goodness. So to add a postpartum on top of that was just awful. But once I started to feel better, I started to get my health back. And, you know, I, I started to try to move on with things. But I, again, I, I never had any bad thoughts about anything. It was just with me. It was more sadness. It was more withdrawn. It was more, I didn't want to do anything. If a girlfriend called me, I wouldn't answer. I, I would have friends come and try to check on me and knock on the door and I wouldn't answer it. I would pretend I was home. I used to park my minivan behind my house so people wouldn't even know I was home so that they would leave me alone. I just, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to be bothered. So Again, I know that there's different signs, symbols, and symptoms of postpartum depression, and I'm curious to know what Rissa was going through. I mean, I know some parts of it, but did you have postpartum depression with both boys or with just one? Yeah, so um, looking back on it, I do think that I had... So there's like different like levels, right? So it's like the baby blues is like the moderate symptoms where you're, you feel sad, but then you can actually like function. I feel like that was kind of how I was with my first baby. But I also like, I don't want to say it was postpartum or baby blues because with my first, like, I think there was a lot of other factors going into it. Like, we were, I was only, like, 20, 21 years old when I had him. We were poor. Like, we were just, like, making it. Like, barely making it. So, I think I was just stressed of the situation more than anything. But with my second one, um, but with my second baby, I definitely had postpartum depression. And I think it's important to note that it's like what you said, it's different for everybody and the timeline is different too. So like for me with my second, I didn't start feeling this way 
and I didn't even know what it was, but it was probably like around six months after I even had my second one. And with postpartum depression, it can start anywhere from like while you're pregnant to like up to a year after having a baby. Like it can happen. Yeah. Yes. I was so unaware Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm, Me too. Yeah. It can happen. So for you, six months? It can happen literally before the baby's even born to up to a year after the baby is born. So... Yeah, I did I feel like when I first had my second child, he was such a good baby. Like he really was such a good baby. Um, like he slept through the night at like four weeks old. Um, he never cried. He was very, very calm. And I don't think I really started feeling the symptoms of postpartum until about six months. When he got about six months old. That, I just had no idea. You think of postpartum, you think, you know, think, and, and it's good that you're saying that and you're giving this information because we, we all, it, for our listeners, Rissa is actually in school right now to be a therapist. So that's one of the things that she has to, that she has to, you know, understand to, you know, be a therapist for mm-hmm. one. But, you know, for you telling people that right now, they, they may not even know right. that. And they could they could have a baby that's eight months old and start having these feelings and postpartum depression is not even going to run through exactly. their mind. You know, mm-hmm. exactly. So it's it's good that we have you on the podcast just from that point of view, most definitely, because I, I mean, I know you have life experiences like both myself and Lissa, but to actually have somebody that's in school to be a therapist and learning right now, the things that we are talking about, I consider, I consider us very lucky right now. Yeah. What about Lissa? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, okay. So after, so when the six months hits, what what was the first what was the first sign that that it kind of dawned on you? Okay, wait a minute, something may be a little off here. Well, I'm just gonna be very very honest. I during the situation did not think anything of it. Um, it was kind of after the fact, which is why I'm very excited that you're doing this podcast because I think a lot of people, a lot of moms, don't know what's wrong. And they don't get diagnosed with this. And then they can't help themselves. And um, like that was my that was my story. Like I I didn't know what postpartum depression was. I didn't know what I was feeling was what I was going through. Um, and it led me to make a lot of really reckless decisions in my life. Which I kind of touched on the last episode. Um, but I think it's really important that people when they feel this way, not to be ashamed to reach out or to have someone advocate for themselves if they can't advocate for themselves, you know, like I wish, mm-hmm. I wish I had someone like you did who came in and said, you're not acting like yourself. Like what is going on? Let's get you a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. Let's get you seen. Like, let's get you on some medication. Like I didn't have any of that. Um, and so, so you were just, all alone with your feelings? Yeah, I, I literally, and I didn't even, um, 
I, I would say that the moment it dawned on me was when one of my friends was going through it and I could tell something was up with her. And I just remember saying like, what's going on? And she told me all the things she was feeling. And I was like, Oh, I felt like that too. And then I was like, do you think you should go see your doctor? She went and saw her doctor and she was like, well, they diagnosed me. Like they told me that they think I have postpartum and they gave me some medicine, blah, blah, blah. But this was literally like a couple years after I had my second child. So I was like, I literally went through all of that and had no idea that it was not normal, but like no idea that that was something that happens. So, okay, let, let me ask you this, though, since since you are in school for right. this. Is there different levels of postpartum yes. depression, more severe yes. than? So there's this thing that they call baby blues, which is kind of more like you're sad, you can be irritable. And it's like um, the symptoms are like less, like they don't reoccur as much. So like they could last like a couple days. And it's not, like, as consistent. Whereas, like, postpartum depression is, like, the symptoms, like, develop very quickly and consistently. And then there's, like, postpartum psychosis, which is very rare. But, um, like, that is where you kind of more um, are, like, doing, like, the suicidal ideations and, like, you're having sleep disturbances, hallucinations, um, like obsessive thoughts about your baby. Like it gets a little like there's like more than just one level. Do you think it's hard for women to get diagnosed with yes. postpartum depression? Yes, I do. I do. Well, I'm, I'm asking you that because on that video that I seen of the husband talking, he had said that his wife and him had went to three different doctors and no one suggested that. Yep. I think it's really hard, especially if you think about it in this, like if, if this was a recent video, if you think about it, people on their forefront of their mind right now are thinking everyone's anxious. Everyone's sad. Everyone's this, everyone's that because of the pandemic. So like, I'm not mm. saying that it's right, but I mean, maybe they just thought she was anxious because she had a baby during the pandemic, you know? Um, I, I think that it can get really, really gray because, I mean, I, if I, I honestly think even if I would have like been like, I think I have postpartum, let me go to the doctor. My doctor knows me. Like she knows that I have anxiety and depression. So I don't know if she would have even diagnosed me with postpartum because I have all of these underlying health issues, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but when I, when I tell you that I've looked up the signs and symptoms of, of postpartum, like I have no doubt. I know you're not supposed to self-diagnose, but I have no doubt that I had postpartum with my second child. Like no doubt. Lissa, let me ask you, because I know that you're the younger one of me and Rissa. Have any of your friends, like, had any babies yet and have went through something like that? Do you do you know much about it personally, just being a woman? I don't know tons about it, but my one close friend, the one close friend that I do have here, she's been through it. And she's talked about it a few times. Um, she had it with her second daughter really severely, like 
like the psychosis part of it. And how long did it take her to really overcome that and really get to feeling herself and back to normal? Well, back to normal, I would say probably a few years. Like it wasn't as bad. Like I, it, she wasn't in the psychosis part of it forever, but she was probably in the psychosis part until she got the meds. And then once she got her meds, she was still really sad all the time and she was using other things to cope. But, um, yeah, probably a few years until she completely got rid of all of her coping mechanisms for what she was dealing you with. You know, what really sucks, though, is that when a mom is really in the, what would you say, postpartum psychosis, Rissa? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so when they're in that and they're actually having thoughts of harming the baby, can you imagine how horrified they feel about that? and about themselves so that probably wouldn't you think mm -hmm. that that would just make it 10 times worse i would yeah. think so yeah i mean the thing with the psychosis part is that not only are they thinking of potentially harming their their baby they're also thinking of potentially harming themselves and also the paranoia that comes with that and so think about like i think about it like with mine, with my postpartum depression, I never thought about harming my child. I more so thought about harming myself and saying, like, I'm not a good mom. I don't deserve to have these children. They're better off without me. Like, that is what my mind was thinking. And the guilt that I had from not knowing it was postpartum and thinking that I was just crazy almost drove me crazy. So if you think about the people that have done or have felt the psychosis part of it, think of the guilt they might feel from thinking that about their child, too. So, you know what I've heard? I mean, okay, it's, so, it's hard. so I love Raw Beauty Christy on YouTube. OK, I love her. She's a doll. OK, she just had her first baby after struggling with infertility for 10 years. I mean, I'm so happy for her, but she has been struggling. Okay. And she said it best when she said that at the hospital, before you leave, they basically say, they basically give you six weeks to heal your body. But they say, if you, you know, you should feel normal after two weeks, like mentally, like what? Why would they give us six weeks to heal our body, but we've got to heal our mind with two weeks? Like, what does that wow. mean? I've never heard that. That's what, I, that's, I mean, like, that's what's so crazy. Cause I had, I mean, I had my children, they're almost eight and 10 now, but like, I feel like I do think that the medical world is coming around and starting to be more proactive, but they never once asked me, like, are you okay? Or like, how are you feeling? Like they never once gave me like any sort of screening or anything before I left the hospital. They were just like, all right, here's your baby. Good luck. You know, it, mm -hmm. it's I, think, crazy. I think at, at hospitals, you know, because they dang sure have those people coming in there wanting the insurance information. Okay. Yep. But they should have somebody that comes in there to really sit down and ask questions to the mom about how mm -hmm. they're feeling, how they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, do you, uh, they should have somebody like that. 
And maybe they do now. I don't know. But when I when I had mine, they did not. Well, they didn't have nothing when I had mine 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> let, let's hope if, if Lissa ever decides to get pregnant, it's like the whole shebang, okay? They're going to roll her out with a gold tram wheelchair. <laughs> they better. <laughs> Hey, you live in Canada. You probably will get a gold wheelchair. I know, right? Do y'all, I mean, do y'all even pay for healthcare over there? No. Yeah. So no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's complicated. We pay for, it's like, ambulances. But, like, <laughs> taxes? Okay. Well, let's talk about insurance for a minute, because I'm intrigued. Okay. <laughs> So, if your house blows over by a tsunami, I mean a tornado, okay? <laughs> tsunami. <laughs> Tsunamis in Canada. <laughs> okay. It, okay, let's just say it gets blown over, okay? Do y'all have to pay a deductible? Um, I honestly, I couldn't tell well, you. I need to know. <laughs> I need to know. So, when we get done with the podcast, I want you to ask somebody in the house do they have to pay a deductible <laughs> if a tsunami comes through and takes the house out you know what they're gonna say to me where are we getting tsunamis in canada Is okay, well, you, can t- you can tell them this off of podcast talk talks okay that's where you got it from and I- they don't need to know about the podcast Sophie. i don't even know <laughs> how this went from postpartum depression to de- insurance deductibles <laughs> I thought you were gonna ask about medical insurance. I know. <laughs> anyway, well, I mean, like I said, I just wanted to talk about it. and listen for any listeners. Listen to me. If you're pregnant right now, or you just had a baby, and you're feeling you're just feeling off in some way, if you don't want to talk to your partner about it, don't. But I encourage you to find somebody else that can that you can talk to. It could be a midwife, it could be a sister, it, it could be it could be anybody. You know, sometimes people are not comfortable with talking to their partner about how they're feeling out of fear of judgment. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I encourage anybody that's feeling off like that, or if if somebody close to you comes to you and says, Look, you know, I, I think something is going on because you know, you're sleeping a lot or you don't want to, you know, whatever, you know, try to listen to them because obviously they're seeing something that you may not be seeing for yourself, you know? So I just really encourage anybody to speak up about it. There should be no shame or no stigma connected to postpartum depression. There should be no shame or stigma connected to other kinds of depression. Like mental health should be number one for yourself and and absolutely number one in this country i'm about sick of the u.s right now and i think that a lot of our mental health issues just get pushed to the side i don't i don't i don't think that's cool i don't think that's cool at all Mm -hmm. i don't think that they're taking it serious and i i'm not really appreciating what's going on but i think there needs to be more mental health facilities built i think there needs to be places for people who are in active addiction where they could go to a rehab for free okay because a lot of times they're not going to rehab because they don't have insurance or they simply can't afford it so well Mm -hmm. and and 
uh, and another thing with the addiction thing, don't get me on my soapbox, but the other thing is they're afraid to file with their insurance because they don't want their employer to know they're going to rehab. Like the, the, person, yep. the person who's in addiction? Yes. Well, how would they even know? Oh, because they have insurance through their job? Yep. Yep. Oh, see? Back back to yep. the free one. If the USA would just make it free, would nobody even have to know about it? Yeah. No, yep. the insurance would. Oh, my God. So Yeah, it goes to the employer. That's what I we've had problems with. Because it goes through the employer. The employer will know. So, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, my employer knows what kind of doctors I go to? Probably. They they might not know it, like, off the cuff. But if they assume, like, if you were just like, I'm taking a two-week vacation. I have vacation time, blah, blah, blah. The employer can access your insurance information okay well he better not be in my business like that (laughs) i don't think most are honestly but i do think that that is a reason that people do not go because they're afraid that their employer will find out well not like they could fire him though because that would be a lawsuit well sure it's it's just another roadblock for people who are uh, who are in addiction and wanting help that's that's what they think of you know well there's this y'all know i love youtube i stay on youtube but anyway um there's this channel on there called soft white underbelly right and it's this guy who interviews people on skid row in la okay that's downtown los angeles and he interviews the homeless the prostitutes the the people suffering from mental illness, all kinds of stuff. But he he not only interviews them exquisitely, he also helps them in so many ways. He has gotten them hotel rooms. He's bought them food. He's raised GoFundMe's. I mean, he's a wonderful guy, and I totally support him, especially what he's doing. His name is Mark. But anyway, he there was this 16-year-old, 16-year-old, that he he did an interview on and you can tell some something was going on okay something was going on well later found out it, it was it was certainly drugs well because she was 16 she had no family she was living on the streets nobody would take her in to any kind of rehab because she was 16 and there was nobody to sign for her like that's so messed up she didn't have no family yeah. she didn't have no family so let me tell you what happened because the story gets good it's a happy ending somebody who's seen one of the episodes took her in ended up vouching for her as a family member got her into a rehab i believe i believe this is this is the right story and now she's she's doing very very well and i'm and and i was so proud to see that actually but but i thought how many young people or how many just people in general are really just suffering just because of no health insurance, no money, no family, yeah. no nothing. I mean, the USA needs to get their stuff in priority here because we could be helping so yeah. many more people with mental illness that that's so simple to do. Like that, there needs to be community yeah. areas and 
and all kinds of towns around the USA to help people in need that don't have nobody. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm going to write a letter to President Biden and tell him to get on that. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. a good plan. I mean, something, you know, or state legislators, yeah. le- legi- whatever that word is, are yeah, those people. contact them and and see about it but i I think honestly mental health needs to be taken more serious these days i don't yeah yeah but like i said again our listeners listen to me everything's gonna be all right okay it might be tough right now i understand that you're probably dealing with way too much than what you should be dealing with you know you could be dealing with it alone or with somebody in your home that is possibly a narcissist which happens all the time which makes it work been there it, it, who who ain't been there you know just yeah. find ways to work on getting yourself healed whether that's making a doctor's appointment tomorrow or getting a right. friend to make it for you you know things can get better you just you just need a little support to do it. That's how I see it. Y'all know? Right. I agree. Well, I I've, I actually learned a little bit on this podcast, believe it or not. Now, <laughs> I know that whenever my daughter or my son's wives get pregnant, I know the things that I'm going to be paying attention to, um, you know, at least up to a year after the baby's here. Because now that I know it could... It could possibly start at eight months when the baby's eight months old. That's yeah, wild. it really that's can. wild to me. And I also this is not research, so don't hold me to it. But my my thought process behind the the staggering like the later dates, and maybe it's because this is my personal experience, but I think that a lot of times postpartum can, depression can kick in later if there's other stress going on in the family in the relationship i would think so yeah Yeah. that's my thought i don't have research to back that up but that is that is my thought because that is what happened well what if somebody's struggling financially or somebody's cheating or something like that yeah that could probably throw anybody into some kind of depression tell you the truth right right yeah I, i i don't know i just I worry about people. I certainly worry about mamas. I, you know, I just, it, it really concerns me about the whole mental health thing here in our, in our country. I mean, we should just all move to Canada so we can get free health care. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> anyway, listen, y'all, to all my little tater tots, we love you and we appreciate all the support with our podcast. We can't tell you how much fun we have doing it. We've got lots of things planned. Uh, we're thinking about bringing some uh, actual surprise guests in the next few episodes, I think. I think it's going to be really good. We've got a mom and a daughter duo that wants to be a guest on our our episode, excuse me, our podcast. And I think that's going to be really fun because we're going to talk about anxiety. And we know the world is deep in that right now. Uh, so we are excited about that. We're going to welcome them on. We're going to get things working on that. This episode should be uploaded on this Saturday. Don't forget there is new merchandise for my tater tots on Amazon. You just type in 29 and it pops right up. We can't thank y'all enough. And Lissa and Rissa, I love you guys and we will see you next Saturday. Ma'am. Hey, Opie. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I was just, I was just, I wanted to insert myself into your, your advertisement. Um, I would love to know, like, if anyone has any questions or like ideas for podcasts. Like yes, that. most yeah. definitely. So, if you guys do, comment them on Opie's. Well, TikTok why can't they so just email you? I got enough stuff going. <laughs> <laughs> I will help. <laughs> I'm serious. Can't you give your? <laughs> no, no one can email me. I'm just kidding. Okay, fine. Just kidding. Y'all, I mean, y'all can follow me and, and yes, message honestly, me. I don't care. Honestly, you, that's you another thing. Do. Y'all are not following Lissa and Rissa. So, Melissa, please give out your TikTok at so that our tater tots know who you are. Please, ma'am. Uh, it's Melissa Price 7. Okay, Two that's else. so bougie. That is so I know. And Rissa, please give out <laughs> yours so that they can get your daily dose of anxiety TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's a hot mess, but um, I am at Janice Talks. J A N I C E T O K S. Oh, she spells. <laughs> I can spell. <laughs> Might have anxiety, oh, but I'm smart. Okay, anyway, I love y'all. I'm going to take a bath now, and I really need to go pet my husband. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) You say pet your husband? That is too extra. I can't stand you. (laughs) I meant to say pet my dog, you heifer. <laughs> she said, "I gotta go pet my husband." I okay, goodbye, you. bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>